Welcome to Backboard Banter on the boards with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Yak Pearl against those Orlando Magic, man. The Yak is back, baby. Let's go. We're pretty happy fans getting a 30-point game from Yak himself, but we can't take it as too much. You know, it's a couple of games. We're facing the trash of the league, right? We don't want to be those fans out there that are like, yes, this is what we needed. This is everything, like. Let's let's give it a little bit of time to simmer, but you know, happy days at least, a happy week for us as fans. Man, we gotta let it marinate, just you know. But yeah, you know, we'll talk about basketball a little bit further in the Raptors. Um, I really want to go to football, man, because I was twelve and one in my takes for the playoffs this year, just that Minnesota game. But hey, man, twelve and one—that's bad. You all. Man. I made no money off of it. <laughs> oh man, it was it was a wild end to the football year. A great game that people are talking about, not talking about, controversy, not controversy. At the end of the day, Chiefs won. Mahomes is here to stay. They proved that they were the winners. Maybe not the best team, but they were the winners at the end. And Matt, I got to come home from a nice day of skiing to a very anticlimactic end. Because all I watched was the last play. So again, I'm the curse over here. Dude, it's so unfortunate that they ended the game that way, considering like how great of a game it was to have it end on a on a holding penalty really like essentially that was like the entirety of the game. It was really unfortunate. Now, yes, it was a hold. Yes, there are other calls throughout the entirety of the game that could have changed the momentum, could have swung in either direction. It's just when fans see it at the end, it really, really, like, you know, pronounces how big of an issue officiating can be. And it makes the fans feel like we got robbed of, of what should have been a spectacular ending. Instead, yeah. we got, you know, to watch Patrick Mahomes kneel down and run out the clock. Like, that wasn't necessarily what we wanted at the end of that game. But, hey, you know what? Maybe if you'd stopped him from scoring on any one of his other previous drives in that half, like you would have won. So at the end of the day, like it is what it is. And yeah, well, the, and that's the man is back to there's back to the Super Bowl MVP top. You know, right. he well, is who he is. That was the funny thing for me because I was like, I was driving home and I was like seeing the score and Eagles were up at halftime and I was thinking, oh, it's it's a game, it's a competition. Like Patrick Mahomes isn't just walking away from this. And then I got home, I was chatting with Allie, and I saw the score was tied with a few minutes left in the game. And I was like, yo, I got to go watch the end of this banger. Like, this has got to be exciting. Something wild's got to be going on. And yes, I watched them kick a field goal, and I watched Patrick Mahomes put his knee down on the ground. And it was sad. So I can understand where, where fans are coming from. But yeah, man, a hold's a hold, right, at the end of the day. Who'd committed three hours of their lives to watch <laughs> this. And it was spectacular, man. Like, the yeah. first half, 24-14... Uh, Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. Yes, he has that one fumble, but it's his only mistake of the game so far. Patrick Mahomes is hurt. He got hurt again going into the, into the locker room. You know, he's limping off. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, the Eagles have this. And like, yeah. I, I was a big proponent before the game that the script was either going to be one of three scenarios. I only saw a close game, you know, with a Chiefs or Eagles victory or an Eagles blowout. Yeah. And it was kind of looking like the latter. Like we might get an Eagles blowout, but then Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things and they win, man. I mean, Kadarius Tony with that huge punt return was, was massive. 
Um, and they were able to hold up on defense. They were able to keep the, the mm-hmm. Eagles from scoring in, in that second half, and, and that was the major difference, man. Um, it was wild, though, to, to think Patrick Mahomes after the ankle injury was like 13 of 14 for a couple touchdowns. Like, just this man is too good at football. There's, wild. There's a reason why the team was where they were, and there's a reason why they've only fallen you know, short as short as they have over the past few years, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is him. He's that guy. He is the current man that you have to get past in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, the the conversation is right now, is is it Brady and him? But we'll see if Mahomes can keep up his legacy, can keep defining more moments in the next few years. It's crazy because like most people are comparing him to Brady at the moment. And then some guy comes out and is like, it's disrespectful to Tom Brady to compare him to Brady. It's like, I don't know if it's disrespectful, man. Patrick Mahomes has had the greatest five-year stretch to start a career, yeah. I think, out of anybody. And I know you know people say, well, Brady won three in his first five years. He also missed the playoffs, and he didn't win any MVPs, I think, yeah. in that first five years of his career. Regular season MVP award. So, at the end of the day, like Patrick Mahomes has him on that. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes has him on the yards, the touchdowns, the everything else. So... Yeah, no, I think um, it's it's very fair to compare him to, to Tom Brady because that's kind of where he's headed. Yeah, and it's the eye test too, right? Like, you look at what he's capable of doing. You look at how people think about him as such a force in the QB position. Like, yeah, it's that's the conversation right now. It's going to be the conversation for a while, but you can't forget about this Eagles team, right? Because at the end of the day, if they had have just gotten one stop, right? If they just had have held on that little bit, they walk away as champions, and it's going to sting. It's going to sting for that team, especially for Philadelphia right now, losing all they do. I'm hoping, you know, this is, this is where my dream comes in now, that the 76ers can go lose in the finals now. And then it's just full circle for Philly fans all year. They can just have it all, basically. Man, that would mean that they make the NBA finals. I don't even want them to do that. I don't even want them to feel that much joy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but at the end of the day, with this Philadelphia team, man, like what really kind of sucks for them is that this is probably the last kick of the can with this kind of group. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had uh, four players, two on the offensive line and two on the defensive line that had been on the team for 10 plus seasons. Wow. And you know, anything about the NFL <laughs> linemen don't have 10 year careers. Okay. And so to have two guys on the same team for that long on, um, on each line. So you had four total guys like, yeah, it was, it's a special group, man. And Seriously. those four guys were on the, the team when they won the, the, the Super Bowl, obviously, last time. Um, they have a really good formula. You know, uh, they did it when they won the Super Bowl back in 28-17. Rookie quarterback, pay for everybody on the roster, yeah. and you have the best roster in the NFL. And that's what they did this year. They had the best roster in the NFL. But now they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts because he was a second-round pick. He only had a four-year contract so he's still under the rookie contract for next year um jason kelsey travis's brother might retire he's the anchor of that offensive line fletcher cox might not be back like there's gonna be a lot of turnover on that eagles team they do have a very strong good you know young nucleus Mm. but this i think was really their year like they didn't really face any major competition the nfc is wide open the NFC could get, you know, maybe a couple quarterbacks this year and, and it could be a completely different race. So yeah. we'll we'll think what happens think about what happens next year, but it was just it was just sad for them, man. They they really had the, the opportunity in front of them and it would have been great for them to win. 
it's tough to get that close, right? And so many people talk about how, you know, an NFL championship is potentially the hardest chip to win because of the road, because of the fact that there is no margin for error at the end of the day. So there's people on that field who are never going to be on that stage again, which hurts so much for a lot of them. So yeah, I get it. I get the pain for Eagles, the teammates, the fans, everything right now. Yeah, man, they, they might not even get even close again. You know, some of them might never play football again, which is crazy. And yeah, it's just sad for them. But hey, man, Chiefs, man, they're they're the new Patriots. They're the dynasty of the NFL. Like two in five years, three Super Bowls, five AFC championship games. Yeah. Like it is just wild to think that he is only 27 and just, you know, he, it's an upward trajectory from here for him. Like it's right. just nuts. Exactly. And, you know, Tulsa, we, we can't not talk about it. That halftime show, pretty hilarious, Matt. I, I saw the pictures and all I could imagine was like Super Smash Bros. melee stages and, you know, just yeah. characters going over and battling over there. But yeah, Rihanna absolutely killing it on those floating stages. Um, I think like it was a good show. I think it was really funny that everybody was like, after they're like, she did that pregnant. pregnant? Like, yeah, like, did you see her? She was obviously pregnant. She obviously didn't do a ton of dancing because she was pregnant. Do you not have eyes? Like, it was just so funny, man. People after the show, like, can can anyone confirm if she was pregnant or not? Is, is Rihanna just fat? Like, no. Like, come on. This is just the problem. People are always just looking for something, right? Meanwhile, it's just like, yo, they were hanging out on floating stages and doing cool stuff. Like, enjoy the show, guys. Enjoy the show. While she was pregnant. That was so cool. <laughs> She's absolute champion. I know people were sad that, you know, we didn't get some uh, male singers added on to some of her songs. But you know what? She crushed it. And another halftime show gone by. Yeah, definitely, man. And I think, you know, another year, another Super Bowl, I, I got to start making bets, man. Like, I got to <laughs> yeah. start winning some money on the NFL. Like, this is just crazy at this point. I, I follow it too often to not gamble. <laughs> You've gotten too good at it at this point. 12-1 and 1 is pretty top tier when it comes to football calls, you know. We'll see if next year I'm going to start making you uh, start calling some totals or like number of touchdowns so that we can add a little bit of spice. I got to keep your perfect record down a little bit. Bro, scores are so hard to predict. Like it is way harder than the, just the outcome of the game. Oh, so absolutely. I'm going to stick to outcomes. Okay, <laughs> Keeping it easy for you. All right, well, let's move out of football now. That's the end of the NFL for the season. It means it's all basketball all the time. And what a way to celebrate that, but by having no basketball next week. It's kind of hilarious. So <laughs> we got the All-Star weekend coming up, but let's take a step back. Let's look at the week we just had. Raptors yeah. and Jakob. It's the return of the Yak, baby. He's here. Started a little soft. People were a little worried after that six points in that first game, but man, that game against the Magic. Look, look. (laughs) They were so close to having a nice welcoming back for Yak, and then they just collapsed at the end of the game. Classic Raptors, right? Yeah. So hopefully we can move past that. I I know. We don't need more of that, my guy. So hopefully we can move past that. We can think about the positivity. Hopefully those two other games with Detroit and with the Magic can, you know, simmer until the end of the All-Star break. And then we can have some positivity for the last 20 or so games of the season. Yeah, well, I think at this point, you know, like we we are ninth. I think we're going to be firmly entrenched in the play-in, and I think we have the opportunity to even push for the play playoffs. Like, outright, that sixth seed. Yeah. I think Brooklyn's going to be too good to fall out. Like, they... Mikhail Bridges last night was 45. You know, Cam, 
Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas. Like, they've got players. Yeah. And so I think they'll be able to stay afloat to the point where that six seed is still within reach. But I could see us coming up and knocking them out of it, you know, if we go on a little bit of a hot run here. Now, like you mentioned, we just played Detroit, Utah, and Orlando. So it's not like we're playing the cream of the crop in the NBA here. Um, but it's nice to see that Yak kind of is, is doing what we anticipated. Um, he's filling a lot of the holes that that we've seen from our lack of having a, an NBA quality center. Yeah. And he's opened up a lot of things for Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. I, he, he didn't even hunt that 30 points pretty aggressively. Like it was just kind of there for him yeah. and he took it where it, I'm sure it's been there all year for Christian Coloco to hit 30 points. He just doesn't have the ability to take it. And so it's really nice to have that added element to our roster and, and to keep teams honest when they're playing us, right? Uh, it's on, honestly, it's all about the honesty there, but it's it's fun, right? Like, I didn't get to watch much this week because I've been skiing basically every day that the Raptors were playing, so I was sad, but getting to watch the highlights and just seeing the comfort level that he provided a lot of our players, like, look, 35-point game out of Siakam against the Jazz goes 12 for 21. 35-point game for Fred in the next game goes, what, 12 for 26? Not the best statistics. You look at that Magic game, Fred turned into a passer and let Yak cook. Siakam and Yak on the pick and roll. Anyone with Yak in the pick and roll. Like, you can see the dynamic of what Masai was looking for and how, I mean, I have to admit this. Like, ever since we lost Mark and Serge, you know, Serge is not what he was. But ever since we lost those two, we have been waiting, hoping that somebody could come in and play center minutes like Yak is doing right now. And exactly. Coloco is here for the future, and we hope that he can eventually be that statistic for 10-plus years. But right now, if we do want to actually compete, if we're rolling into a retool to go into next season and actually crush, we need a player like Jakob. And as much as it sucks to trade a first-round pick, we would hope that that first-round pick would either be Jakob or be the shooter guard player that we need. So I'm pretty happy with how this is working out as long as this course can stay the same, right? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's it's just the beginning of it. We're only three games into it. Um, I think Masai also decided to do this because he's really evaluating whether or not Nick Nurse is the coach of the future for us. Yeah. I think he realized that the roster was flawed he knew that there was definitely more to give for this Raptors team and that Nick wasn't necessarily getting it, but there were two glaring holes that in today's NBA, you kind of need to have. Yeah. I mean, big men less so, but we were clearly lacking any starting caliber center on our roster and the small ball centers while they were, you know, playing well, yeah, Tim Birch can hold his own, Siakam can hold his own, Precious, Scotty sometimes, but it's, they're not real centers, right? Like, we're talking about power forwards at the most. And so having him is just, it, it's given our, our roster just that little bit of extra flexibility. And I think if Nick can figure out how to coach this roster, he's going to figure out how to save his job. Um, if we can get into the playoffs, yeah. which I think that we're going to, and he can make us a tough first-round exit, I think that that's going to save his job, and he's going to give him you know, some rope next year if we, if we start off poorly. But I think that, that immediately he's kind of filled that, that big hole in our roster, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to be good, man. I think that 
you know, I was saying what we needed to go 16 and 11 or something like that with 27 games left. And so, you know, we, we went two and one. So now we just got to go 14 and 10. Well, on pace, it's a little bit easier, you know, to, to roll it back though to your Nick nurse comment, because I really like what you said there. And you're always talking about in the past, how nurse is the type of coach that needs the right pieces to have his effective situation work. And, I think we've seen that Yak is a is a new piece that he hasn't had an opportunity to work with over the past few years. And you talk about the, the missing situation, right? Like, yes, we still have guard problems on the one hand. But if, if Yak can come in and enable Nurse to run the rotations that he wants and have that reliable cog, you know, in that center position, maybe we won't see the amount of fumbling that we've seen all season long, right? We're sitting in this moment of what if, you know, we hope this, we hope that. And it takes me back to my comment last week about how, like, we as Raptors fans would have been so pissed if we just did nothing, right? And yeah, you look at the past and what's worked. Masai had to take risks. He's had to take risks to get the success that we've had. And you can't look at that trade and not say it's a risk for the Raptors, right? The easier play is to sell and go young and reset. Get yourself into the right position when you know you are a surefire bet here or there and you got a couple of pieces. And then you roll the dice. Masai was like, I'm going to roll the dice a little bit early and we'll see how it works out. Dude, no, it's it's a major roll of the dice because he's betting that not only can we be competitive for the rest of this year, but that we can re-sign Jakob and be competitive next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, you know, he he swings big and, and normally he does make it. The the easier path and the, the one that you can sell to the fan base is, you know, we're going to be bad for the next couple of years and it's quite easy to be bad in the nba if, yeah. if you try right and i mean the jazz excluded but <laughs> if you try to be bad you can be pretty bad in the nba pretty fast um and and being competitive is difficult but i think that it's going to give nick the opportunity to to play around with the center i think that it's also going to give him an opportunity to insert a true anchor on our defensive end yeah. um i don't think we've been flying around as much the last three games as we as we typically do um there's you know we're still switch happy but we're not it doesn't feel like we're always late to rotate that we're always chasing the ball to the shooter and yeah it it feels like everybody was kind of in front of their man um which is really nice to see because we don't even have og and so if our defense is always already going to be that much better with just adding yak like when we add an og again like we should have an elite level defense and that could be what makes us truly scary come playoff times and and what could make us a really hard first round exit for, you know, a Milwaukee or a Boston or a Philly. Yeah. I mean, six blocks in that game against Orlando, right? Six blocks from Jakob. We talked even in the beginning of the season, right? And we were talking about this team and we really like it and this and there, and it's just missing a couple of things. And I really love the relationship that you see that Yak has with, you know, the rest of this team. I still I still think it's hilarious that Masai came out in the first interview and was like, yeah, just walked into Ovo and he was there chilling. It was great. It was like old times. Like it, it's the it's the camaraderie sense. It's it's the fact that it is a honeymoon period, but it's a player that pretty much knows how things work. You know, a lot has probably changed since Jakob was here, but also the fundamentals and the core structure of the Raptors is I'm going to think pretty similar. So I, I'm definitely I'm, I'm happy right now. I'm sad that we have to have a break from games and we don't get to see it, but maybe this is good. It gets them all to come together. It gets them to rest and relax. And then they really focus in because if we know anything about this Raptor squad, 
is that they believe themselves as winners and that is their goal and focus and if if nurse really gets them locked in for these 27 games and they come out and think of it as a brand new situation a brand new season and they have this opportunity to make that push into the playoffs i wouldn't want to be miami or new york right now that's for sure yeah and honestly you know what was really funny about Masai's press conference um after the trade deadline was that he was talking about how yak is an unselfish type of player and how he's going to help move the ball and how the early winning last year made our players kind of lean into more of a me kind of a mentality, right? And it's something that we've talked about all year on this podcast is that the Raptors feel like we're we're too many guys. We have too many guys who think that they can become top 20 NBA players. And I like that's great to have, right? Like to have the ability to to even get close to that, to have the talent level, to have you know that desire within you. But there's only so much ball to go around, and you can't have five top twenty guys on a team. It just it's not going to work out. They're they're not going to be top twenty guys at least statistically, right? And so it it it's been a big issue this year, and hopefully Yak knowing that. You know, like he, like we've said, he's probably at best the the twelfth yeah. best center in the NBA, and at worst the you know the seventeenth. He knows where he is in this league. He's in his prime. He knows that there there isn't this all star trajectory for yeah. him. He is who he is, and he's going to allow the ball to move a little bit easier. He's not going to be, you know, hunting his shot even when he got thirty. Like I mentioned, it was just because it was there. It wasn't because he was hunting. And that's not something that we've had, right? Like yeah. everyone's been hunting for their points, hunting for their staff. And so it's, and you know, when Wancho and Thad were the glue guys, you know, earlier in the season, they were the best glue guys because they weren't looking for stats, yeah. right? We had to put Scotty and Gary Trent to the bench because they're looking for stats. They're looking to get paid. They're looking to cement themselves in this league and their place in the echelon of the league. Whereas Pearl's already got it, you know? My, my favorite part about this conversation is I was waiting for you to come full circle because you started with, we just have too many guys. And I was like, so we traded a guy that doesn't really play for a guy that's going to play all the time. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, no, but it's Yakov. He's he's coming in to not be a guy. He's coming in to be a member of the team, right? And yeah, I don't want to say his time in San Antonio, right? But I don't want to say his time in San Antonio was sad for him because like it probably was. The man watched his old team go on, win a championship and he was part of the reason why that happened. And like, it's still kind of crazy to me that he's back, that he's a part of this team now. And like, I hope that he takes all of that negative energy that probably was in his brain because of losing and is like, well, now we're back. And if I'm the reason why we can go back to relevancy and be an important key, well, then it was all worth it in the end, right? Hey, man, we would have taken him or, you know, the other former Raptor in Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> I would have taken either of those guys for this squad and we'd be in the same situation having the same conversation, right? So true, um, so true. Yeah, so it, it's just really nice to see, man. But, you know, the All-Star break's coming up. Like you said, hopefully the team gets some time to gel, to, to talk. You know, maybe they all go on vacation together, add in Yak on a, on a last-minute flight. Or right? I'm sure one of them has a private jet that they're chartering, so you can just throw them on the flight, right? He's, him, him and Siakam are probably hanging out right now, let's be honest. The boy, the two of them are probably so amped to be back together and getting to hang out, all right? It's all about positive vibes. That's what we like to see. Hopefully it brings, you know, Smiling Scotty back, because I feel like I've only seen Smiling Scotty in the TV commercials that he's been a part of, like on court. He's just been all business because he's had to be to try to get these W's. 
Not much more, I think, when it comes to the Raptors. Like, we could talk about the week, week ahead, but in all honesty, we can just do that next week. Exactly, man. You know, because they're not playing a game until after our next podcast anyways against the Pels. So. We, we will get to see Siakam in the All-Star game. So there is that. Thank can, goodness. Yeah, we can be hyped for him. You get to be replaced. There's like been... six replacements. It's a lot of people who aren't going to be playing. It's crazy. Bro, Siakam not being in the All-Star game was the biggest snub. Yeah. It was like, it's one of the biggest snubs in the last 10 years. I understand where our roster was, or, or our record was, but like, the man was averaging 26 seven and like five or whatever yeah. like he would he is an all-star like come on those are mvp numbers back in the past <laughs> Y'all love the MVP. early 2000s man you could win an mvp with those kinds of numbers oh yeah absolutely and, and i'm happy for him you know i'm excited for siakam to get to go and and experience it again because he is an all-star caliber player and you know there is something about that weekend right the fact that you have the best of the best coming together and, you know, the All-Star game actually means a little bit more now, right, compared to what it was a couple of years ago. So we get to see yeah. the we get to see the flashy show, and then we get to watch five minutes of, like, hardcore basketball at the end. But at the end of the day, it'll be a hopefully exciting weekend coming up. All-Star games are honestly the worst in all sports. <laughs> They're so bad. Uh, the NHLs was so bad. The NFLs was pretty bad. And the NBA is going to be bad. Like, it's just... It's not for us, man. It's for little kids. It's for, you know, for them to throw a corporate event, to have right. all the big leagues come down and, and shake hands and meet the stars. And it's really what it's for. It's not for us, man. And like, I, I want to even... see good, hard basketball. I want to see, you know, teams playing for wins. Not for I, don't even, I don't even have who's in the dunk contest or the three-point contest this year. We we were excited last year when Scotty was in the skills competition and then Let's not remember the look of him trying to get a layup really close and just, just will not, will not go in. Poor guy. That man was so big. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably straight chilling, but yeah, you know, we'll talk about all-star weekend next week because it'll have happened and then we'll have some exciting yeah. things to talk about. You know, maybe Damian Lillard drains 33 pointers in the contest. Who knows? Anything's possible. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's switch tactics. Now let's talk about Joe Missoula and the Boston Celtics because he's officially the full-time head coach interim tag gone man what a wild storyline for the celtics but he looks to seem like he knows what he's doing with this team bro i mean back-to-back years where they hit on a first-year head coach like good for them they do have an amazing roster right like when you have that kind of talented roster it's like nick nurse going to the nba finals and winning his first year Right, like you, you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Jason Tatum. You're also, gonna be pretty good. Also helps when you can just walk upstairs and be like, "Hey, Brad Stevens, I need, I need your ear for a bit." You know what I mean? Like, yo, give, give me the scheme that you run to be successful. <laughs> like, you know, Brad's up there in the office, just coming up with out of timeout plays, just occasionally, just slipping them under Missoula's door here and there. Let's be honest. Yo, man. At the end of the day, though, it's it's great for Boston. It's also great for coach needy franchises. You know, because at the end of the day, this basically means that Ime Udoka yeah. is no longer a member of the Boston Celtics, yeah. that his suspension will be um, probably upheld and then he'll be fired at the end of the season. Yo, yeah. if I'm like, I'm looking at the Raptors right now thinking, you know, if Nick Nurse can't figure this out, maybe we just go hire Ime. I mean, you know? we know he knows what's up, but yeah, it's kind of, it's going to be a wild storyline to get to follow to see what happens with Ime after the whole thing. And like the Celtics have 
a good chip right now. They know what their plan is. They know what's up, and it's working with Missoula. So yeah, don't change things. And you you nailed it right there. How did they get back to back like really really damn good coaches that seem to mesh well with this team? Like like all credit to Boston, all credit to what they're doing. Like there, it's it's scary how good Boston seems to be right now. Right, like if he if you gave him you know Detroit's roster, if you gave him you know, Orlando's roster. I'm sure he'd be, you know, at the bottom of the league, but he's got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know? You can only be so bad when you've got that much talent, right? Like, that's why I've been harping on Nick Nurse all year. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, you have OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Scotty Barnes. Like, you should only be so bad. Like, only so bad. And we've been way worse than what our bottom should be. So, hey, Whatever, I'm 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 over it. We got Yak. I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm happy. Yak attack. Okay, so then now let's let's bring Matt down a little bit more because we got to talk about Zion Williamson now. One of Matt's favorite players. This guy has another setback. He's re-aggravated his hamstring. It looks like he's oh. gonna miss multiple weeks. The Pelicans, who two months ago, you know, in De- at the end of December, we were sitting here going, dang. It's all coming together for this squad. It's working out, and they have fallen flat. Dude, this happened like three weeks ago or like four weeks ago, whatever. I was like, I'm never back in on Zion Williamson, and then he comes back, and he's absolutely dominant, and I'm like, oh, God, why? And then I'm back in on him, and he immediately gets hurt. So maybe I'm the cop? Like, Man, who knows? Maybe, it's tough, maybe though. Maybe I just got to denounce Zion, and he'll be, you know – the next LeBron James. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely possible, right? But yeah, it's tough. It's tough for Zion, especially. It's tough for this Pels team. They are, they're not relevant anymore. They're going to be potentially a playoff team, right? Like they're sitting 30 and 29 right now. I look at Golden State right below them. I look at OKC right below them. Like I see the Lakers could even jump in them. Like this injury is not good. There was hope that Zion would come back and then they could make a push and be consistently a top six team well healthy not happening anymore pels fans it's gonna be a tough uh, couple of weeks ahead of you that's for sure no it's definitely a tough one man it's it's definitely gonna be a tough one for them um and you're right like there's there's some teams behind them that are that are gonna be nipping at their heels and losing zion he's their most important cog so it's really sad but i actually kind of want to talk about the lakers a little bit because you know like last night i guess was like their first you know fully healthy new look LeBron's back and everything, and they look good, man. They yep. beat the Pelicans pretty badly, and D'Angelo Russell looked really good in his new spot. LeBron and AD worked well together. Could they do some damage if they ever made the playoffs, or what? Look, what do you think? It's LeBron here, okay? This is this is him retooling his Cavs roster, and then he took that Cavs roster pretty pretty far, if everyone remembers correctly, and. The conversation right now is that this is like a better rebuild than that situation was. And I mean, come on, if LeBron is fully healthy, if Anthony Davis is fully healthy, D'Lo has proved that he can play with them. They have a much better roster around LeBron and AD than they did at the start of the season. So how can you not say that they can do it? They're 27 and 32. That's less than 10 games back of second place which is still insane to think about, right? Yes, 10 games. A lot of games still to play. But like four games out of the sixth seed, basically. Four or five games. That's nothing. This team could go on a run. They play 27 games. 
if they win 10 games straight, which with LeBron you can do, it's probably not going to happen, but you yeah. could do. So, of course, the conversation right now is that the Lakers are in it. It's why anybody who is in that play-in hunt right now is scared. They have to be. The thing to me that, like, kind of stood out the most of watching last night was how good they were at shooting the ball. Yeah. They actually had shooters. Like, LeBron, at the beginning of the game, threw a wild, you know, behind-the-back pass, like, over the t- over his head to D'Angelo Russell, who caught the ball and immediately scored a three. Yeah. And it looked like a wild play that this old Lakers roster would have bricked. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, and that's the difference. Like it looks like these passes, these plays that LeBron can make out of desperation, instead of ending up in a open three that's bricked, it ends up in an open three that they hit. Yep. And so I think that's going to make all the difference in the world, man. I, I honestly could not believe how much better their roster looked just around the, the changes that they had and, they have the ability to understand pace and tempo and, and play, you know, a spacing game. Yeah. It's not, you know, needing to go full out 100% of the time and crash the glass like it was with Russell Westbrook. So, you know, I'm always going to be a huge Westbrook fan, but at the end of the day, like, they, they're just better. I mean, matchups are important. Chemistry is important, but also play style. Simply put, play style is important. And, like... I'm sorry, LeBron's been in the league how many years? Look at his successful teams. What has worked well? Hmm. Anyways, I'm not even going to talk about that conversation because everyone knows. The fact of the matter is, this is why last week we were talking about how, why was everyone being so nice to Lakers? How did they get all these gifts of trades? Like, how did this league not come together and be like, guys, let's let LeBron be bad. Like, why are we gifting him all these nice things? They look a lot better. And you give a nice week off, you let them rest and relax. They come back together and they like the Raptors reset up for the next rest of the season. Lakers could go on a scary run for sure. I don't see them, you know, locking themselves in to a top six seed unless everything falls apart and they suddenly go on a crazy spree. And, you know, we see a couple of injuries here and there for some of these top teams. But, like, I'm pretty confident they'll be a play-in team. Like, pretty, pretty confident. I'm pretty confident they'll be a play-in team at at the very least. I think at this point um, they have the roster and they have the two players to get there. Um, It'll just be, like, on them to not mess it up. But I'm – I'm still happy that they're at least going to make the play and that we're actually going to see some playoff LeBron James because, man, we only got so many years left of it. And it's do you remember? Do you remember when he beats Golden State, goes in the first round against Phoenix? And we talk about how like this seed with AD being healthy and LeBron being healthy could actually like come out of the West, right? Mm-hmm. And then AD got hurt and the Suns went on. And I'm sitting here going, it's a very similar situation, but. Do I really like this team compared to that team? Like, I'd have to really compare them, but the shooting is definitely a lot better, and that, I think, is all the Lakers really needed to do. Yeah, I think I think that's the, the key, right? And they've, they've got floor spacing. They've got LeBron James. They've got Anthony Davis. Like, they've got a team. They've got a, an actual competitive roster. It should not be in the bottom half of the league like it is right now, but we'll see if they can crawl out of it. We'll see. It'll be fun watching them and following them, and... Can we flip to Golden State now? Can we flip to this Peyton trade debacle? Like, I've been following this trade for a few days here. It's kind of insane the way that it's turned out. For four teams with four players to basically have the potential of not going through because Golden State was given the opportunity to either veto everything or take the trade through 
is kind of insane. I don't think we've had that type of situation where a team where that many teams are involved and a, an actual trade could fall apart that way. So, you know, yeah. big ups to Golden State for, you know, actually letting the trade go through, but it's a wild situation. Man, that's so dumb. They should not have let the trade go through. He failed his physical. Like, you basically traded away stuff for nothing is what you're telling me. <laughs> it shows like, them how much they value James Wiseman, that's for sure. Like, you needed something back, and you got nothing. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, Portland looks sketchy, but, like, hey, if you got injured players and other teams are willing to take them, like, maybe you could skirt them through the physical, you know, get some assets back. I'm not going to blame Portland for doing that. But Golden State, man, like, veto the trade. Man, it's it's wild. You're You're not. Gary Payton's not making the difference for your roster. The James Wiseman, meanwhile, looks great in Detroit in his first game. Like, yeah. the, the copium from Golden State fans are like, but if it works out, it, it'll only be three weeks, and then him and Curry will come back in the same time, and everything will be fine. Look, at this point, you've let the trade go through because you like Gary Payton as a locker room presence. He's not going to play. He's not going to be impactful in the same way that he was for you guys last year. That is... Like, that would be unreal amazing. It would be Kevin Durant level of returning from injuries. It doesn't happen, all right? So, you know what? Good for Golden State by not letting, you know, Peyton go back to what probably would have been a very sketchy and uncomfortable situation for him going back, you know? And we'll see if anything happens. Obviously, Golden State has filed a grievance, but at the end of the day, like, maybe a second-round pick will come out of this. I don't expect anything to come out of this. Like, unless there is some extremely shady stuff going on in with the Portland medical staff, looks like... I mean, because like, what I had heard was that he was taking these specific shots, and then he came. Gary came out himself and was like, no, I haven't been taking those shots. That's a lie. So I don't actually know what the actual story is right now, so I'm going to yeah. wait for the final reports to come in. So it's either Portland is super sketchy or Golden State got taken advantage of. That's That's where I stand right now. Yeah, and hopefully Golden State just got taken advantage of because that's what I'd prefer. Uh, all right. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about the buyout market? You wanna talk about you wanna talk about Westbrook anymore and where you think that Batman's gonna end up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some like decent players, but like none of them are really gonna make that big of a difference. I think Kevin Love should stay on the Cavs. You know, like they should use him as like a locker room veteran presence because, you know, they're a, a contender. Um I think Westbrook he doesn't fit with any contender. Like, I know that, like, the Clippers want him, like, but he just doesn't fit. Maybe with Phoenix, he could he could play a backup role, but... Well, and that's... Like, what about you, man? Like, well, with what... I find it so funny with Westbrook that the you're right, that he doesn't fit, and that's why the Washington rumors exist. Because, yeah, just go back to Washington. Go play and have fun, because they're not relevant. And if you bring Westbrook back, they'd at least, you know, there's jerseys that fans can bring out of their closets. That's for sure. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's a tough one. Kevin Love for me is just a funny situation because like for years it was like, yeah, they're going to buy, they need Kevin Love's contract is trash. He's just stuck in limbo with the Cavs. And then, you know, last year I, I was bringing up how amped I was and how well he was playing for this team. So I think it's kind of hilarious that now he's getting bought out now that they're in a good situation. It's like, bye bye, Kevin. See you later. Like, rough situation for that guy but yeah there's really not much like pat bev's gonna go somewhere cool serge baka probably not going anywhere his career might actually be done at this point so there's not much in this bio market that's for sure absolutely man i mean it's the bio market for a reason right sometimes we get some good players but there's just nobody really that that great out there and Mm -hmm. like the, the best one probably westbrook he doesn't fit 
if you're trying to compete. He just doesn't. Like, he's not going to accept a lesser role, especially when you don't have, like, guys who he would consider better than him above yeah. him in the, in the rotation. So, at the end of the day, I just, you know, it is what it is. But I'd like to see him in Phoenix because Phoenix probably has the best chance at winning the NBA title right now uh, with yeah. Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker. So, well, I mean, if, if you look at the current bio people who have already joined like terrence ross joined phoenix so he's like the best player that you know changed a team currently when it comes to the market and yeah it looks like phoenix is is loading up their chamber for a run which they have to do because their window is probably this now. year or next and that's about it right bro well with cp3 it's now yeah i don't know how much cp3 is gonna play next year to be honest so that's that is for sure and you know looking at these streaks here i still can't believe the spurs have lost 14 games straight like, yes, Rockets have lost seven bad. games. That seems realistic. But the Spurs at 14? Crazy. Yo, they, they've been trying to catch the Rockets, man. The Rockets are still having the worst record in the NBA. They had to try and do That's something true. to get Victor Rembignano. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's too good. Uh, and Not too, man. The flip side of that, you know. Balls. Oh, my God. I can't believe. Falling the... out of the play-in for us. Man, I feel so bad for Bulls fans right now because, like, it's just – I don't see how the ship gets better. Lonzo isn't coming back. The team is not good. Demar blow is getting older. Like you kind of have to blow it off. It's it's not fun, man. The fact that Bulls fans two years ago were finally riding high. We finally made a trade. Like Zach Levine's gonna stay. Yada yada. And now they're back to this. Wild. Blow it up. I always find it so funny when people talk about Demar Derozan as a play a proven playoff performer as oh like a gosh. former Raptor who who. We saw get absolutely dummy by LeBron James every year. I was like, yeah, he's good <laughs> up until you, you play the best players in the world. Yeah. DeMar will destroy anybody below him. Once you get above him, it's it's dangerous game for the guy. He tends to uh, fold over. We watched it for years. We're allowed to say it. Let's be honest. Yeah, unfortunately. I love you, DeMar. <laughs> we do. We do love DeMar, like. I got a Lowry jersey. I, one day I'll probably get a Demar jersey too when I have money to blow randomly. But do you want to talk about yeah. the Bucks and their eleven-game win streak? Like, kind of hilarious that Giannis is still getting slept on for MVP more than the current back-to-back -back champion, even though this Bucks team is absolutely Giannis's squad and nothing else. Like, it's insane. Yo, it's it's Giannis and nobody else. Like, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday on another team are not enough to make you a championship level roster right like they just aren't i mean and the fact that Giannis can do it basically all by himself it's just unbelievable man what are they like 40 and, and 17 like um yeah crazy. exactly that and well it's fun because like we were talking about you know the lakers retooling and you talk about the right pieces around the right roster like we can talk about this milwaukee roster about how like without Giannis they wouldn't be nothing it's because of how important each player is around Giannis. I'm sorry, Brooke Lopez is the perfect center around Giannis because of how centery Giannis is as a player. Drew Holiday does everything that you want out of a point guard for a Giannis type player. Bobby Portis has that energy for when Giannis gets to sit and can still kind of do some things like these players are specifically put together for Giannis. And it's why it's like, how can you not have him as high up in the MVP conversation? He is a force of nature and like <laughs> this is what you know the Cavs should have done for lebron when he was there the first time that's what milwaukee Ooh. is doing right now it's like it's dumb you know how we talked about how we were a team of too many guys 
they're a team of one guy, one guy and a bunch of role players and all of them do their role very well but like Chris Middleton as the number two on most teams is not winning a championship mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Kevin Durant I don't think they're winning a championship LeBron James maybe they're winning a championship like there are very, very few guys in this league where he could be the number two option mm-hmm. and have them be a championship caliber team. And the, very few. The way I can compare this is like if you talk about Dallas and Luca, right? Like Giannis has been that guy and has players that are built to be around him, and he's taken his team up the standings. Luca has been that guy, and he has not had exactly the right players around him, and they have not been able to go up the standings in the same way. That's where that's the comparison that I kind of see similarly. But like the thing is, is like it's funny because they add Kyrie Irving, and they've just been worse. <laughs> yeah, I know. <sighs> the so, struggles, uh, man. It's, it's it is what it is. It's man. a wild time right now, but everyone gets to take a little break. You know, All Star Weekend coming up, so nobody has to stress about losing games unless you're LeBron or Kevin Durant. But hey. Kevin Durant's not playing, so he doesn't have to worry about losing yeah. the game, I guess. He doesn't have to worry. Yeah, he's mm. just, just going to sit on the bench and coach, right? <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> that, that would be funny. All right. A- anything else, my friend, or shall we move into takes? No, man, you're good. You want you start us off with a hot take. Look, mine's super easy, and it's going to be hilarious if the curse makes it how this is how it ends, but LeBron's winning another All-Star game. Like, It's been like four, five, maybe six years straight. I don't think he's lost, so... On the one hand, I'm like, this is a surefire bet. On the other hand, it is hilarious how this is like confirmation that the curse is real, basically, if he loses. Yeah. Here we definitely, are. Definitely, man. Yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if uh, if he can pull off another one. I'm going to go with uh, the three games tonight. I'm going to pick, you know, Milwaukee over Chicago. I'm going to pick Minnesota over Washington. And I'm going to pick the Clippers over Phoenix. Um, and those are the three bets for tonight. You know, I'm I'm riding the hot streak of my takes, and I'm just gonna keep them going. We'll see if we'll see if Matt can be 15 and one. You know, that's the joke. Now. No, but I'm I'm excited to see if you can uh, keep that magic running, man. You had Let's go, baby. you had a lot going on during those football playoffs, so we'll see if we can transition it back <laughs> to basketball now. It's easy when you have the script, man. <laughs> easy. Yeah, you know, just printing it right out of the printer. But I think that's it. So thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.